Stay prepared for the up and down Life is like a seesaw Some say it's a bitch, man I couldn't agree more One minute to run What's going on, guys? This is just another critic Back with another episode And this is gonna be a two-part episode First part I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence. Is he really the number one college quarterback in college football right now? And so we're reviewing his national championship film. Go ahead and click on the link in the description. It's going to take you to the video that I'm reviewing right now. Um, as, as well as you're going to hear, obviously, my commentary. So you don't need to keep the uh, podcast open. But the reason I chose the national championship game is because this is where most people decided that Trevor Lawrence had separated himself from Tua as the number one quarterback in the nation, right? So the question here isn't whether or not Trevor is a, is a good, you know, a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. We've already seen evidence that he's a great quarterback. Um, the real question that I'm trying to help other people, um, you know, answer for themselves is what 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 is it that makes him the number one guy in the nation in college football, right? What is it? Did he actually do anything to separate himself from Tua in this national championship game? If you're just watching the film, he started with three incompletions, um, finally finding his rhythm, hitting a few underneath passes. Now he just hit T. Higgins over the top seam. And so basically, safety got frozen with his eyes in the backfield. T. Higgins wide open, but that 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 type of throw shouldn't shouldn't impress you because that's 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 a throw that a college quarterback should be making, really. You bring in any other quarterback, he's got to hit that open man. So, moving along, as we're watching this film. Trevor won the game, right? That's that's quite evident. Um, and so I hear a lot of people who, you know, come come to me and say, "Well, Trevor won the head-to-head, dude. He's obviously the better guy." If if it were that simple, um, you know, I'd agree with you. If it was just based on the head-to-head, but it's not that simple because Trevor Trevor isn't playing Tua. It's not Tua against Trevor. It's Tua against Clemson's defensive unit, Trevor against Alabama's defensive unit. As you see T. Higgins hit in acres of space coming across the field. This was all night. Savion Smith getting just, I don't know, confused, destroyed, whatever you want to call it. He just could not cover his man. And then we get a draw here. Um, but yeah, going back to the head-to-head, if it, if it wasn't clear enough to you guys Clemson clearly had the better defense in 2018 and so coming into this game Alabama had been struggling in the uh, in the secondary majority of that coming from Savion Smith and and that started uh, way beyond the college football playoff that started versus Georgia. Then it, you know, we saw it even uh, more in the Oklahoma game in the second half. And then in this game again, Savion Smith just, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea why the coaches didn't pull him earlier. 
Um, it, it took an injury to get him out of the game, but that was probably one of the biggest things that Clemson may have been targeting all night. You see him at the bottom of the screen, Savion Smith, number four. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of what people talk about, especially when it comes to this debate between Trevor and Tua, is that you know Tua, Tua has struggled versus some of the best defenses in the nation, right? Top 30 defenses. And so Trevor, he played one top 25 defense all year. And guess what? That was versus Alabama. Hold that thought. Let's have a look at this throw. That should be an interception. That wasn't a good throw at all, but that's not going to show up on the stat sheet. It's not going to say deflection, you know, catch. It's just going to say catch, right? So these are things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Um, not the best decision made. Obviously, he's a freshman quarterback, so I guess we'll let it slide. Steps into the pocket. Once again, Savion Smith just cannot stick to his man. He's got two to three yards of separation. And I'm not taking anything away from Trevor, man. He's just doing his job, right? Taking what the defense gives him. Hit, hitting his open guys. Like, that's his job. He's just doing his job. And so, that's, that's, not, uh, that's not the question here, though. What I'm trying to figure out is what makes him a better quarterback than Tua. I haven't seen anything yet on in this game or in the film. Um, he's really just, like I said, taking what the defense gives him. Beautiful throw. Right in that little pocket of zone behind the corner, below the safety. But even with this throw, this is a throw that Tua makes all the time to the outside. Even other college quarterbacks are making these throws. So... One of his better throws that I saw throughout, you know, watching his film, he does have a great back shoulder throw. He's got great timing and great ball placement when it comes to, you know, making that throw with his wide receivers. Another great throw, Justin Ross, just doing his job, hitting the open man. But once again, two to three yards of separation against Savion Smith. Don't can't take anything away from him there. Just throwing up a jump ball with the flag on the play. And then Justin Ross coming across the middle. He missed that back shoulder, but happens. And then misses that little bubble route. You see, this is where his height's supposed to come into play. He's 6'6". He's got to stand tall, throw that floater. That's probably a touchdown right there. Quarterback keeper. And so I'll say it again, right? Trevor's a good quarterback, and he most certainly can eventually become the number one quarterback in the nation. But right now, 
I haven't seen him really have to make any big time pressure throws into tight windows. Let's let's have a look at this play, right? This is where, once again, Savion Smith fell down at the line of scrimmage. Justin Ross is in acres of space. He just threw it to an open man. Like, I don't know any other quarterback who can't do that as well. And I talked about that back shoulder throw. But that Justin Ross throw, which accounted for, what, 70-plus yards and a touchdown. A little off on the timing there. This is one of his better throws as well, for sure. Threw it on that outside shoulder. Justin Ross kind of tries to stack his man there. And just brings it in with one hand, which he uh, did again. So look on the right side of the screen, right? 130, 112, a touchdown. Take away that 40-yard reception. That's about 200 yards given up by Savion Smith. And so that that has that has that is to no fault of Clemson, right? They're just taking advantage of the poor coverage by by one man. So I just don't see why Alabama coaches didn't see that sooner. And then we've got another this that was a bad throw. Like if you don't think that was a bad throw, I don't know what to tell you. But that that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. It just show, it just shows up as a catch, right? Justin Ross, man, just was making big plays all night. And so, like I was saying, I understand that Trevor is just still a freshman and has a lot of room for growth. And we expect him to get better during this offseason. I think this is the slant coming. Bing. That was, that was by far his best throw of the night, in my opinion. And I'll tell you why. Um, obviously, he's 6'6". And so kind of how Kirk is explaining in the background, he throws this over the linebacker underneath the backside uh, safety or corner, whoever that is. And so the great thing about this throw is it's one of those throws that it's a win-win. And so it's either going to end up in the hands of his receiver or it's going to go out of the back of the end zone, right? So it's either a touchdown or you get another down to, to try and make a play. So great throw here, in my opinion, his best throw tonight. And so, like I was saying, um, Trevor, Trevor's just a freshman. He's got a lot of room for growth. First year as a starter, right? But this was also Tua's first year as a starter. So, both guys have a lot of room for growth. But in this game, I don't, I don't see where a gap was created that Trevor is just, you know, oceans apart from Tua, right? And a lot of the media were getting so hyped to the point where a lot of them were even saying that this uh, Trevor Trevor Lawrence could have been the number one draft pick in uh, the 2019 draft and so a lot of the a lot of the reason why you know these NFL scouts or these NFL analysts are getting so hyped is because he's got that prototypical look right he's 6'6 six, six. he's like probably around 218 He's just got that. He's just got that quarterback look, right? Quote unquote, that prototypical look. 
that the NFL guys just like and that they would prefer to take a chance on. Tua, on the other hand, he's about 6'1", prior to 17. And so NFL guys just like taller dudes. It's, it's very simple. So, I mean, with that being said, man, I've pretty much said all I want to say. Trevor is a great quarterback. All I'm saying here is he didn't show me anything that Tua hasn't already done or can't do, right? And the obvious discrepancy between the two quarterbacks is the height. For me, nothing else. As far as, you know, their skill sets, their attributes, etc., um, etc. Et but other, outside of that, it's just a height for me. And um, like I said, this is going to be a two-part episode. And in the second episode, I'm going to talk about Tua and why he's still my guy as the number one quarterback in the nation. So last year, it was clear Clemson dethroned Alabama. But for me, Tua was not dethroned as the best quarterback in the nation. With that being said, let's jump over to part two, where I'll go ahead and review Tua's film. What's going on, guys? Just another critic back with part two. Um... And right now we're taking a look at Tua Tungvaluwa's game film from the 2019 National Championship against Clemson. And in this part, I kind of want to talk about um, why I believe Tua wasn't dethroned as the best quarterback in college football. Obviously, if you just watched part one, I kind of you know went over Trevor's film and talked about why Pretty much why I don't believe he took that number one spot. He really didn't do anything in that game for me personally to sh to have shown that he created a gap between himself and Tua. Um, and as you're seeing the film in the background, um, I believe we're about to see the interception from Tua come up here in a second, the uh, pick six. And so that was a beautiful read uh, by the corner combination of a bad pre-snap read by Tua and so it's just something something to keep in mind is that with Tua a lot of his play last year and success as well came from pre-snap reads right just looking at what the defense has before the snap uh, is taken and immediately already knowing where he's he's wanting to go and so that's what it looked like in that particular situation and he threw a pick six um, but he came right back down through a 70 yard bomber to Jerry Judy um, but yeah it's it's something that I he definitely needs to work on and not getting so comfortable with those pre-snap reads but it's something that he's had success with in the past uh, up until obviously the uh, Clemson game and I think that had a lot to do with Brent Venables and recognizing how much pre-snap recognition Tua does and keying in on that and then that leading to him drilling that into his guys' heads, right? Because in the second interception, we eventually see, I believe his name is Mullins, who is a corner for Clemson. He basically looks like he, he knows the play and he's running the route for Judy. But we'll get to that later on in the film. Um... As far as why I believe, you know, Tua hasn't been dethroned, a lot of people, when looking at, well, when, you know, thinking back on this game, 
they feel that Tua was rattled. Tua couldn't handle this defense. Um, but if you watch the film, the kid, even after throwing interceptions, he just comes right back in and does his job and hits his guys and sticks in the pocket. Um, and it, it was clear. Clemson was putting, you know, a ton of pressure on him. And the uh, the thing about Clemson, especially last year's defense up front, look at these guys. They're they're monsters, right? It, there's no there's no uh, it's no surprise that all of them ended up in the NFL. And so with this with this front four, the great thing about having such a dominant front four is that you can rush four while sitting seven in the secondary. And that's because your front four can go ahead and do the job and get that type of pressure that you need from them without sending extra defenders, which is big-time help to the secondary. And so here's Tua's second touchdown. Simple, you know, play action, quarterback boot, whatever you want to call it. Hits the tight end in open space. Any quarterback should make that throw. Um, but going back to what I was saying, it was, it was quite evident that Clemson came in with a phenomenal game plan. And you can't take anything away from them, man. They they probably played their most perfect game of the season and in the night that they needed to, right? And so in this game, um, as, as you continue to watch Tua in this game film, the kid, the kid was not shaken at all. He just came back, play after play, pressure in his face. And if you already watched part one, um, I'm not here to bash Trevor at all. As I, as I said, he can eventually become the number one quarterback in college football. I just didn't see anything from him in this game that separated himself from Tua. And so here we see uh, they try to go ahead with the shovel pass. Once again, man, those, those guys up front read it. Got a couple of vets on that line. Read it, ate it up, forced them to kick a field goal. They were just dominant uh, for most of the night, and it was a big problem. And then there's the interception, second interception by Tua to, I think his name's Mullen. And if you notice how fast that ball comes out of his hands, once again, he thought he thought he had a coverage. He thought he had the coverage he was looking for. That's why, right off the bat, he already knew where he wanted to go before even looking. And Mullins dropped out of that zone and left the flats wide open. But Tua had already made his mind up and released that ball. And so that's that's something he's gonna have to work on, of course. And then of course Mullin makes another play definitely hits him low I'm uh, not sure why he did that probably should have took that ball right out of his hands it led to a fumble but anyway moving along even though two is down you know 31 to 16 this dude's still out here making the throws literally this throw is right where it needs to be so he can turn and go David Harris drops it. That stuff doesn't show up on the stat sheet. 
And so Kirk is kind of talking about um, Alabama establishing more of the run game so that that'll, it'll open up the pass game. But for me personally, if you watch, if you, you know, go back and watch the game, it's hard to establish that run game because it eats, it eats up so much clock, right? And the way that Clemson was scoring so quickly to go ahead and try and take that slow method of, you know, establishing the run and working your way into opening up the pass game, it's just going to be tough with the way your defense had been playing all night. And so here we see Tua just hit an, hit an open uh, Herb Smith. And for me, the biggest thing that went in deciding this game, um, of course the quarterbacks are going to you know, play, a, play a big part um, in how a game turns out. But for me, football, from, from the moment that I've been watching football and everything that I've learned about football, when talking to people who you know, have expertise in the area, a lot of what's talked about is you know winning at the line of scrimmage, line of scrimmage, line of scrimmage on defense or on offense, and I think that's the biggest factor that um, you know decided which way this game was going to go, because Clemson simply dominated on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage, as I already talked about those big boys up front for Clemson, um, who eventually went to the NFL. They were just not letting. Uh, anything really, really uh, come to fruition for Alabama, especially in the red zone, because Tua was having success. You know, obviously, uh, with more space to work with. But once it closed down into the red zone, especially when Alabama was trying to, you know, run the ball or do some simple dump offs, they were just getting killed at the line of scrimmage and couldn't really do what they normally do because typically when they play other teams, right, they, they've got that, that gap of talent and they, they just got bigger, stronger, faster dudes. But when you match up with a team like Clemson who can match them in that area, it comes down to coaching. So while they were losing in the, at the line of scrimmage, the offensive coordinator was still trying to run those plays that they typically run when they're winning at the line of scrimmage. So... I think it was, uh, you know, obviously a get a little pass interference here on Judy. It was obviously, you know, a combination of um, losing at the line of scrimmage, which leads to pressure to your quarterback. And but of course, Tua Tua still has to find ways to make plays under pressure, right? And so, um, combination of losing at the line of scrimmage. Coaches not adjusting to losing at the line of scrimmage and getting more creative with their play calling. And then, of course, Tua has to find a way to make it work based on what he's given. Um, and I get that a lot of people is are giving him a lot of criticism based on his play versus, you know, some of the top defenses in the nation. Um, but what we all have to keep in mind is this kid is just... He, this was his first year as a starter. Literally his first year as a starter. Broke records at the school. Broke rec records in efficiency. Um, and while he did struggle in those games, statistically, it just looks terrible, right? 
But if you go back to the to the game film, it's gonna look just like this. Even after he made the picks, he comes right back. He's just hitting his guys right in the face mask, putting balls right where they should be. Um, he's one of the most composed quarterbacks in my opinion, and he's got great footwork, and he's got a great short-term memory. He just puts it out out of his mind and moves forward. And so, to touch on you know those top defenses that he played while he did struggle, I think I think because of that struggle, he'll be the better quarterback coming into 2019. Because when you compare the defenses that he's played versus Trevor, the best defense that Trevor played was Alabama. And this Alabama team was the worst defense that Saban has had during his time at Alabama, ranked 16th in the nation. So Tua played, I believe it was the 13th, the 5th, and the 1st ranked defenses. And the 13th and the 1st, as well as uh, LSU and Auburn, that all came before the actual college football playoff. Um, so obviously he's got a lot of growth to do a lot of people think he's overrated now and I really just don't think that's the case if you go back and watch his film in those games that he did struggle I think you know his injury does play a little part in his mobility and his ability to step into certain throws into tight windows because a lot of your your throws are going to come from your base, right? And so he had a knee injury, eventually led to you know his ankle injury in the Georgia game, and so that's your base, and it's going to affect how balls come out of your hands. And so, basically, what I'm saying, I'm not I'm not excusing any of his play. He certainly could have made better decisions, even while injured. All I'm saying is that we've seen what he's capable of when he's healthy. And if he gets a clean pocket, this kid just does not miss his man. He does not miss his man. And if you look at the mistakes that he's made, especially in this national championship game, they were on pre-snap reads. It wasn't like he was sitting back there, sitting back there, sitting back there, and then throwing a pick, right? It was because he had his mind made up uh, combined with Clemson's phenomenal defensive scheming uh, in in um, disguising their coverages. So... A lot of people may think he's overrated now because what he wasn't able to do in putting up, you know, ridiculous numbers versus those top defenses. I personally believe that's going to make him even better coming into the into the 2019 season. And he's got so much more room for growth as well as Trevor. So I think as far as who's the number one quarterback in college football right now, I'll just leave it with Tua just because I feel like Trevor did not dethrone him as the number one guy. Um, outside of that, I mean, Trevor is more than capable of doing that this year. But all of our answers, uh, all of our questions will be answered this year, right? Because both of the guys will have an offseason um, to fix their mistakes, get better. And so it's going to be one interesting season, to say the least. And... Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of um what is it called? The the experts and analysts have kind of turned their backs on Tua and are, you know, obviously crucifying the guy because of his struggles, but if he can stay healthy along with, you know, being okay with throwing the ball away and and knowing when to get rid of it, 
I don't see why he can't have another record-breaking um, year at Alabama, especially with the returning wide receivers. And so, um, yeah, I think I've pretty much covered all all I'd like to cover in this. And as I'll say, as I've said already, and I'll say again, it's not that Trevor isn't a good or great quarterback. It's just that he didn't do anything significant. He wasn't, you know, having to throw. Um, tight window balls under pressure and the dude was just simply taking what the defense was giving him so nothing against Trevor um I just haven't seen anything to separate himself from Tua and Tua hasn't done anything to you know lose that top spot for me right so with that being said guys uh appreciate you guys for supporting the podcast thanks for watching the video thanks for listening uh, I've got a lot more content coming out before the season and during the season. So if you're not already following the podcast, I got the links in the description. And so I'm going to try and upload more onto YouTube as well so you can get some visuals with that. Um, but yeah, pretty much, yeah, we're all set. We're all good. Hope you guys all have a great rest of your day, night, or evening. This is Just Another Critic signing off. Peace. Yeah, stay prepared for the up and down Life is like a seesaw Some say it's a bitch, man I couldn't agree more One minute you're on top Then you're in the ER One minute she wants you Then she wants to leave all I